Stay up. You're listening to the Naked Gaming Podcast with me, Lee Milner. And Chris Barrow. Do you like that? I thought you didn't like it when people said A up to you, but then you have just started a podcast with A up. Well, you know, sometimes it depends how I'm feeling. (laughs) If I'm feeling more northern or more southern. Depends which side of the bed I get out of. So you've got out on the northern side today. Today, yeah. Do you know what? It feels like a long time since we've done a Naked Gaming podcast. Oh, I've been so busy. It's been a really... I been, haven't stopped. It's been a long week. It's been a long month. It's been a long year. <laughs> it's been a long marriage. <laughs> and we, we only put up our um, news update episode last week, looking at loot boxes and whether they should be classed as gambling. So that link is as strong as links between, say problem gambling and alcohol dependence for example we also talked about games with adaptive difficulty so the game gets easier if you play badly and you I like this it. You love it. this so much i would complete so many more games if i had this <laughs> if the game just rolled over and let you through i'm still stuck on like the same freaking level on little nightmares 2 this month i'm reviewing odd world Soulstorm, the story of Abe's Odyssey from 1997, continues. We've got a review of a new game from the developers of Final Fantasy, and in a huge departure from that original series, they've got this new one called Fantasian. Fantasian. It's not it's really the same. <laughs> same title. Well done. And Alex Rhodes has this year's BAFTA Games Award winners, but also because it was WrestleMania not so long ago, yeah. he's been donning his spandex. Blech. Sorry. That's a nice noise. It's just, uh, I don't know what came over me then. Automatic In our simulator of the month. The American dream. Dust the roads, baby. Ric Flair, you done put hard times on me. Dust the roads. Watch out, because I will be doing more bad impressions of wrestlers as this goes on. Oh, because you become a crazy plant lady as well, as we have mentioned before, and our house is overflowing with vegetation, I tried, tried as hard as I could to become a plant enthusiast by playing Plants vs. Zombies, The Battle for Neighbourville, which has just come out on the Switch. There's nothing wrong with a bit of foliage. If you say so. You can subscribe and get our latest updates immediately to your phone or wherever you listen. And also, if you could give us a review, that would be really helpful. First is the news with Wakefield's finest, Lee Milner. The biggest conference in gaming, E3, is going ahead this year after it was cancelled in 2020 because of the coronavirus pandemic. Electronic Entertainment Expo is usually a place for publishers to announce their newest games. This time it's going online and it's free for everyone to attend. Nintendo, Xbox, Konami and Ubisoft are just some of the developers that have agreed to take part. Crush me, barnacles. Time Splitters 2 is a PlayStation 2 classic and fans have been asking for a remastered version for years. Well, the wait is over. Recently, one game developer managed to hide a playable version of Time Splitters 2 in Homefront, The Revolution on an in-game arcade machine. The only problem is that he'd forgotten the unlock code. Luckily, an old friend of his remembered, and due to the power of the internet, you can now find it with a quick Google. An unopened copy of Nintendo's Super Mario Bros. has broken the record for the most expensive video game ever sold. The platform game for the NES console was bought in 1986 and then forgotten in a desk drawer. It sold at auction in Dallas for over $660,000. That's a lot of gold coins. Yahoo! 
And this amused us this month. A game we're reviewing later on in the podcast, Crash Bandicoot On The Run, was released and then immediately had an update on the App Store. If you read the update description, it said it was because of fixes for crashes. Yeah, it should have said fixes for crash crashes. Thank you so much, Lee Milner there, with the news. Stop kidding around. Snake. So last month we promised you a roundup of the 2021 BAFTA Games Awards. And what better man to walk us through it than the award-winning Alex Rhodes. What award did he win, I hear you ask? I didn't ask, I didn't ask anything. Oh, well, I'll tell you. At okay. fourth place in the Year 5 100 metres sack race. Back sack in, race? Yeah. It's, a school, it's back in school, 2007. <laughs> We're calling him our very own sack boy. That's just wrong. Let's start with the big announcement. Hades has won Best Game at the 2021 BAFTA Games Awards. It's a Greek god and goddess-themed roguelike where you try and escape from hell by hacking your way through randomly generated dungeons. Sounds like fun for all the family, really. It also won five other awards, including game design, which is good because we rated it very highly on this podcast because we have exceptional taste. Well done, everyone. Time for the main event. Fans voted for The Last of Us Part 2 as Game of the Year, but after being nominated for a record 13 awards, it only won three. I know you wish things were different. Sony's accountants will be very happy as PlayStation-exclusive games from Ghosts of Tsushima to Spider-Man Miles Morales took away nearly half of all the awards on offer. He is a storm made of flesh. And Sackboy A Big Adventure, a game named after my award-winning performance in 2007, won Best British Game. Ah, Sackboy. You can find the full list of winners on BAFTA.org, but with such an in-depth analysis from me, you barely need to. And if you're listening BAFTA, obviously your email asking me to host the ceremony was lost in cyberspace. But I'm happy to do it for you next year, at great expense, of course. Or maybe you can just get me a PlayStation 5. Either or, I'm easy. Thanks, Sackboy. That is your new nickname, oh, by the way, Alex. From now on. And also, I like the fact we've got this on tape now. I'm easy. And Alex Rhodes is back later on for our simulator of the month as he goes wrestling. You know, there's a wrestler with the surname Rhodes already, don't really? you? Dusty Rhodes, oh, also wow. known as the American Dream. Did you know that? I don't think Alex is the American Dream. Now, if you've been watching sports in the last few months, you may have noticed that stadiums are almost empty. But when you watch the game, it's very likely that you will hear a crowd cheering. So what on earth is going on? It looks like broadcasters are turning to video games for the sound of the crowd. Chris, take it away. If you're a sports fan, whether it's football, rugby or basketball, you're probably used to hearing this. crowd singing at a Derby County versus Arsenal game. But due to the coronavirus pandemic, crowds at big sporting events around the world have been restricted. Very often the biggest competitions have been taking place in empty stadiums. So to avoid an awkward silence when your favourite player scores a goal, big broadcasters covering the Premier League and La Liga have turned to crowd noises made by video game developers. The hugely popular football game FIFA has been recording crowd sounds for years and they have an archive of thousands at their fingertips. So how are those sounds used in real games? Paul Beckler is an audio engineer with EA. 
it's kind of controversial at times. Like, and it's not something that um, I think most people thought they wanted or thought they would have enjoyed. I think a, a pretty common comment that I tend to come across online was like, I didn't want to like it, but I actually kind of like it. Um, I don't think any supporter wants to be distilled to sound bites. And that's really not what we're trying to do. It's just trying to bring back some of that audio experience to the match. We're not trying to replace supporters or anything like that. So how much of a difference does it make? We saw a bunch of data that said that, you know, viewership times had almost like doubled with having supported crowd audio than without viewership times increases on match and more people actually stay on a feed with crowd audio than away from it. So even though I think there's always going to be some people that are, you know, against it, really what what I think gave us confidence when we were making the system is that we were told it was almost all the time going to be an option that at the end of the day, most viewers are going to have the ability to choose whether they want to hear it with or without. So to me, that's what makes it kind of a unanimous win. And I guess it's not automated. There's a director there who presses the buttons. The person performing this sort of audio support um, just has to worry about kind of an overall intensity of the crowd. But because we had been curating this library of thousands and thousands of hours of football recordings that are really high quality, it really was just a matter of us being like, okay, let's take what we have, let's just move it over to a new system that they can play back. Was it difficult to make crowds sound different? Yeah, they sound entirely different. That's something that um, has been really fun for me to try and create that unique sound of different clubs. And I think that's something we really kind of pride ourselves on is we want each club to feel unique, especially as, um, you know, as sound people working on this game. We want it to feel different when you play as, you know, Manchester City versus Manchester United, because we know that's a big deal. We can't just paint this all with the same brush. It's never going to sound as good as real fans in like in a stadium or in an arena. That's it's not what it's trying to do. It's just trying to give us some sense of that quality. It's not just the director, though, sitting in the box that has all the power. For some sports, you can press the button from the comfort of your own sofa. One app that allows you to influence the virtual crowd is called Remote Cheerer. The company's based in Japan, and Tanya Parshina is from the team. The application has already been used in more than 300 matches over the last half year, with more than 100 million cheers sent. For soccer, fans went wild tapping support when goals were scored for their favourite club. In baseball, fans tapped a cheering bat to encourage players in the batter's box and sent big cheers for home runs and such, giving fans the power of choice. From the NFL in America to soccer in South Africa, sounds from video games and apps are also becoming more and more popular as people get used to supporting their teams in a global pandemic, no matter where they are in the world. How amazing is that? So do you That's prefer, amazing. Because we watch the Six Nations with fake crowd noise. I love it. I prefer it. Well, it's better than silence. Some people whinge then. They go, no, it's not real. I want the silence. And I think... No, I'm all for that. And to actually find out how it all works is fascinating. Power up. This is the Naked Gaming Podcast with Chris Barrow and me, Lee Milner. Now, we saw your parents the other day and found loads of your old PlayStation 1 games. Now, I remember when we played your PlayStation 1 that I used to play a game called Destruction Derby. And I loved it. And you raced around the track and smashed up other cars. And so I started thinking, having played the PlayStation 1 with you, is there a game nowadays that's like a remake of that? 
and I actually found one called Wreckfest. Oh, wow. Which is basically the spiritual successor of Destruction Derby. I've been playing that loads and you enjoyed it as well. Yeah, I, did. I liked it. And then your game this month, as we turn our eyes to kind of new reviews, is a game from your childhood, from the mm. PlayStation 1, that they've made a, a continuation of. This is the Abe's Odyssey saga. This new one's called Oddworld Soulstorm. Damn it, there is no Abe guy. There is no uprising. We know this because never in history has a Mudokin beaten a Gluckin ever. Right, over to you then for this review. So you played the original... You're kind of an alien walking about and you've got to save all the other... Madokans. Sounds like a band. Madokans. Okay, so what's it like then, this new game? It is fairly similar to the first game. So it's a 2D side-scrolling platform game. Uh, However, I've got to say, the graphics on this one are much, much better. Like a thousand times better (laughs) that's a lot better (laughs) no really Uh, and in this game Abe who's the main character returns to save his fellow Madokans from slave labour now one of the game's new features is that he can loot things so he can go and loot lockers and grab mines or flammable liquid to kill his enemies which is a lot of fun. Well, yeah, but you struggle with the controls with that though, don't you? That's the problem that is a downside so I would probably say if you're not great at using the controls, like myself, I put my hand up to that, there's quite a lot to take in. There's a lot of <laughs> different moves. Unlike the original game, you can chuck stuff, you can send your spirit out and take control of the bad guys yeah. like you used to be able to. But like if you wanted to, say, for instance, you wanted to throw some flammable liquid on one of your enemies, you can either press triangle or hold down triangle, Mm. and they do different things. Mm. And then whilst you're kind of holding down triangle, select the flammable liquid, you then got to hold R2 down whilst using the analog stick. And it's all a little bit, because it's such a fast-paced game, it all gets a little bit confusing. It's a lot faster paced than the original. Everything was in like a grid, like you step to the right and it was a set length, whereas this one, it feels like you can run really fast. Basically, in the old one, you could just stroll through it. Take your time. This one, you're forced to go a lot faster. It is a lot smoother, though, however. Um, One annoying thing I'd say is that every time you start the game, you have to watch this really annoying, annoyingly long cutscene. It's about a minute, which is a lot of... I must have seen it about a thousand times, to be honest. (laughs) Overall, I would probably give it a 9 out of 10. Wow, generous. Very good. I would just say that if you are not a fan of the original series, you probably won't enjoy it as much. It's not a game for me, but then I never played the original. Whereas if you did, I think you will love it. Oddworld Soulstorm is out now for PlayStation, Xbox and Windows at the moment for around 45 quid. So it's quite expensive. But like I say, if you played the original, you'll want to play this. Fantasian is a new game from Hironobu Sakaguchi, who was the creator of the original Final Fantasy series. Uh, It's come out now and it's on Apple Arcade. Our friend Tony Fisher, who reviewed the launch of Apple Arcade for us not so long ago, has been playing it with his son, Ollie. So what do they think? Hi, Chris. Hi, Lee. And I tell you, we're very excited to be back on the Naked Gaming podcast. Um, It's Tony here with my son, Ollie. Um, Oz, first of all, mate, um, what do you know about Final Fantasy? Because you and I 
played it a little bit, didn't we? A little bit of it on the iPad. Well, um, I know it's kind of like an anime that type of game. Okay, let's see how we get on. So we're going to click into it. Uh, it's called Fantasian. That's the one we're looking at. Uh, let's see how we get on. It didn't take that long to load, which is... Oh, there we go. Apple Arcade logo on. There we are. Here we go. We're oh, in. Ooh, look at these graphics. Is this like a stop mo- mo- motion thing? I, I think, think it is this. a stop motion, yeah. It yeah. Looks like a... yeah, it does. Beautiful. New, new game, game or config? Let's just go with no, no, new game. Okay. Because um, I don't know what config means. No, me neither. Okay. If in doubt, just press next. I know it's early doors here, but these are better graphics than anything else we've seen on an Apple Arcade no, game. Think, yeah, yeah definitely. But here we go. Fantasian. This We're reminds in. me of Star Wars. Straight away. Definitely right Star Wars. What's what's going on? Use your skills. One may target multiple... Oh. Enemies. Okay. Nice. Okay. So we've just got to basically get all these guys, have we? And they sent us an update after playing it a little bit more over the weekend. So what are the scores on the doors? Well, we've been playing the game for around three days. We've done a few levels, so I think that puts us in a position to be able to give you an overall score here. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, game in general, Ols, as a playing experience, how many out of five would you give it? Well, um, I would say about a three and a half out of five, something oh, like that. Okay, three and a half. As far as graphics are concerned, how many out of five um, there? I mean, like, I would say about a two. Both of them did, and that's because with the models in the background and the animation as a character, yeah. um, it doesn't really suit it. Right, got you. Yeah, because what happens with this is it's very much built around models, which is reminded a lot of uh, Trubabrook, didn't it? Yeah, uh, a which lot we of played. Trubabrook, but we, Trubabrook, we enjoyed Trubabrook. Yeah, but the character was a model, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. But with this, so, the character's animation. Yeah, we didn't. Doesn't work together. We didn't like the model too much, although it was obviously it's groundbreaking and it's uh, it's something a little different, which is good. As far as the controls are concerned, we used a PS4 controller. How did you find using the controls on it? Actually, like, um, um, at first I thought that these controls aren't that good, but then I realised, like, what it meant and stuff. Mm. The controls are really good. Okay. Well, that's good. We got used to it after a while. Overall, Oz, we'll continue playing it, I think, won't we? Which is certainly... Yeah, probably. Probably, okay. (laughs) We'll probably continue playing it. So there we are. That is Ollie Fisher and Tony Fisher with our review of Fantasian. Back to you guys. Thanks so much, Tony and Ollie, for your review. Lots of useful insight there. And Fantasian is out now on the App Store via Apple Arcade. I really want to give it a go, actually. I've, I've downloaded it during their review. <laughs> so I'm going to be playing that Tony, now. you reviewed it so well. Yeah. Chris wants to play it. It's free to play if you've got a subscription to Apple Arcade, and I've literally renewed mine now, so... Bye. <laughs> yeah, carry on with the podcast, Lee. <laughs> I'm back now after playing Fantasia for a bit. Anyway, uh, so you've turned into a crazy plant lady, as we've discussed before on the I podcast. Think, I don't think I've turned into one. I think it was you've always, always been one. <laughs> I've always been one, but I kind of, you know, I was suppressed for many years because I couldn't afford the plants. And like a seed, it's grown into yes. a full-blown... Great metaphor. ...obsession. Mm. Mm. <laughs> now, I'm trying to get into plants like you. And I thought the best way to do this was to play a kind of plant simulator. So there's a game called Plants vs. Zombies, the battle for Neighbourville, that was just released on the old Switch. Since the dawn of time, war has raged between the plants and the zombies. You must be... Yeah, we get it. So you play as a plant or a zombie, 
and you battle each other. It's a third-person shooter. It's a bit like Fortnite. Now, I've, I've always wanted to play this, mm. and I, I still do. So what do you make of it? It's fun. It's for kids, though. Oh. It's a little bit like Fortnite without the building. The Switch version, which is a brand new release, it's not the best graphics. It does suffer a bit from being on the Switch. You want to play it on the PlayStation or uh, other consoles, Xbox. It has 24-player online matches, though. Okay. Uh, the zombies are making all the plants dance forever. <laughs> and you as a plant are trying Reminds to... Groot. free. Well, he's, he's a bit like Groot, actually. And you can play as multiple different characters. So if you... You know, you're playing as a sweet corn firing bits of corn at the zombies and then you can switch character to a mushroom and then it has special mushroom kung fu moves. Oh, that's very creative. I think they called it fung fu. Wow, very good. There's a lot of puns Whoever came up with that deserves a round of applause. It says you can kick some grass in this game. Ah. Genuinely, everything is pun based. It was fun, but I don't know if it would hold my attention for that long. Like, I did enjoy killing the zombies in the single player mode, for example. Here's a question. Hmm. Would it hold my attention? I think you'd get frustrated if you died time and time again. I think it's one of those games you have to be really good at. And because uh, it's been out for a little so while... So what you're saying is I, I wouldn't be good at it. Well, because people have been playing this for a while. So it's it, the other versions have been out for a while. And if you've got the Switch, chances are that you are already quite good at it and you're just taking it on the road. You need online to play it as well properly to its full extent, which has always annoyed me a bit to have to pay that bit extra for the Switch version of the online. But anyway, Plants vs. Zombies, the battle for Naville, the complete edition that's just been released for the Switch, is out now. 45 quid. And if you love a pun, I suppose it's right up your street. Now, a game that you've been waiting for... In fact... We got this in early release, probably before anybody else, just by luck, because I signed up to their newsletter. (laughs) Uh, It's Crash Bandicoot on the run. Now, you've been playing loads of these runner games recently. You did Santa Runner in our Christmas special, remember that? don't remind me. How did that go with Santa Runner? That was rubbish. Well, I'm going to give you this one. This is a proper... This is probably one of Why the... Why has it taken so long for me to, to to play this? I mean, I've been waiting to play this for ages. We've been so busy, though. Your chance, Lee, is coming right now. I'm excited about this because I really, really, really enjoy the boulder levels on uh, Crash Bandicoot. They're like my favourite levels. So if this is anything like that, then I love it. Okay, so it looks a lot like Crash Bandicoot. Here we go. Run! Run, Crash, run. So you use your finger or your thumb to kind of navigate Crash. He, you tap the screen to crash the crates. You flick your thumb up to jump. So it looks exactly like the boulder run, but the opposite way round. I've got to be honest, I'm a huge Crash fan. But this isn't, for some reason, rocking my boat. Oh, here we go. We've got some boulders, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Ooh. He just jumped on the mushroom. Okay, so I can see a boss now. It's this green ant bogeyman. The green ant man's throwing what looks like big bogey bombs at me. Bosh! Done, mate. You had a good day. So you have officially played Crash Bandicoot on the run and essentially done exactly what it has on offer there. So how was it for you? I don't know how I feel about it. I'm is, a bit disappointed. Is it a game that needed to be made, this no, kind of runner game? I think that's it. I think it works. You know, you can play it on your mobile. It's free to play. It's free to play. But in all honesty, it's not very exciting. 
It's quite easy. It makes Crash just a little less exciting, really. I don't really understand why they've done it in this format, because Crash has always been about you moving around and platforming. Now, I get, you know, it's an endless runner on the mobile. Okay, sure. But, but how many levels are you going to do like that? I mean, how, you, you how play two levels so, and you're bored. Yeah, yeah. And you have to buy gems if you want to unlock more things and get I've got your a real problem with ge- games on the mobile. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. I'm just going to be just going to be honest. It's just me, you, and the world listening. Yeah. I don't really like games on the mobile because they always there's always a catch. I'm going to find you one that you like now. That's a challenge for next time. No, but I do have one. Oh, Sky find Children one, of the Light. Find yeah, me yeah. one like that. All right. And I'll give it a go. Challenge accepted. But for Crash Bandicoot on the run, a score? Three out of ten. Okay, that's what I think it's pretty generous, to be honest. Just a quick thing to mention, if you're into your retro revival, they've remade Star Wars Republic Commando. If you're a fan of the old Star Wars game from 2005, it's like a tactical first-person shooter. You control a squad, but it's only really for for those of you who played the original. It's out now for 12 quid, just to mention on Xbox, PlayStation and Switch. This is The Naked Gaming. Gaming Podcast! Ladies and gentlemen, with me, Lee Milner, and you, Chris Barrow. That's a very wrestling introduction, which is a perfect intro for this, because we thought we'd give our reporter, Alex Rhodes, a break from wading through the crap store. (laughs) Because he always plays the rubbish games, doesn't he? But he's in charge of our simulator of the month, and actually he's a big fan of WrestleMania, which he informed me was a few weeks ago. I didn't really know, to be honest. Wow, wow. Um, Now, we mentioned earlier that there is another... Rhodes in the world of wrestling called Dusty Rhodes, uh, known as the American Dream. So this is Alex, son of Dusty. Shall we call him the British Dream? Hello, Chris and Lee. It's Alex here. You can probably hear the sound of some general butt rock going on in the background. That's because I'm playing a wrestling game, and that is the official theme to any wrestling game, general kind of butt rock. Uh, It was WrestleMania a couple of weeks ago, so I thought, you know what, let's play a wrestling game. I love a bit of wrestling, me. Uh, so I thought, I'll go on the PlayStation um, PlayStation Now, see which ones they've got on there. They had WWE 2K18 and 19. I thought, let's give 19 a go. You probably heard of WWE 2K20 because it was kind of infamous for being basically a buggy mess that just doesn't work and still doesn't work very well. Uh, so hopefully this one's a bit better. Uh, so I've set up a ladder match. Uh, I'm playing as the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, my favourite wrestler. I'm competing against Edge, who was in actually the main event of WrestleMania this year. Uh, Roderick Strong, who's one of the sort of newer crop. And uh, Goldust as well, who is the son of Dusty Rhodes, uh, a legendary wrestler and also no relation to me. The American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, baby. Ric Flair, you don't put hard times on me. Dusty Rhodes. Watch out, because I will be doing more bad impressions of wrestlers as this goes on. Now, I don't really know the buttons at the moment. I'm kind of on the ground and everyone's taking it in turns to stomp on me. If you're not au okay with the rules of wrestling, then uh, a ladder match is basically there are a couple of ladders outside the ring and there is a title above the ring. So you get the la- you just have to get the ladder inside, stack it up, climb up the ladder, get the title before anyone else does. Uh, so yeah, you can pick, you know, if you watched in the 90s in the Attitude Era, you could pick Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold Steve Austin, give me a hell yeah! Stone Cold's probably my best uh, wrestling impression. So yeah, you can get other legends as well. I think I saw Macho Man. My Macho Man's not very good, but I'm going to give it a go. Are you ready? 
Macho Man, oh yeah. Queen of the crop, baby, oh yeah. What do you think of that? Needs a bit of work, doesn't it? That's just sort of... That's, when you ask people to do an impression of a wrestler, they basically do some kind of version of, of Macho Man Randy Savage because he's like the classic 80s wrestler. Or Hulk Hogan. What you gonna do, brother, when Hulkamania run wild on you? Right, okay, I'm trying to focus on... I've got to focus now. Come on, push the ladder over. Push it over. Me and Goldust... Oh, Goldust is just up there. Goldust has done it. Well done, Edge. Great. Well, Goldust has been his all because we couldn't put aside our differences. Well, that was disappointing. The controls aren't exactly intuitive, I must say. Um, but this is my first kind of go with it, so maybe it's a bit obvious as you go on. I did actually look at getting a, um, a press start and I said, oh, there's a tutorial. But when you click that option, it just says, for the full tutorial, go online. Cheers. Thanks for that. So there you go. I'd probably give it two stars. Two out of five stars. Not very good. Before I go, I'm going to do one last wrestling impression. This is Andre the Giant. That's, um, that's my Andre the Giant. Right, I'm going to go now because these are just getting worse, aren't they? Alex Rhodes with all of his impressions there. Uh, we're calling him the British Dream because he simply is. Thank you, Alex. I'm easy. So next up on the Naked Gaming Podcast, Dr. Chris Smith from the Naked Scientists has got hold of a revolution... In computer gaming. Well, Chris and Lee, in my hand, I'm holding a time machine, believe it or not. This has the power to transport the bearer back to the heady days of the early 1980s. It's in fact the book Acorn, A World in Pixels, and I guarantee it will connect early adopters of the home computer revolution back to their roots in the BBC microcomputer era. This documents the story of the machine that was conceived in Cambridge, where I am, and totally dominated the UK tech scene for the best part of a decade. I can personally remember saving up £400 of my pocket money, which was a hell of a lot of money then, to come to the Cambridge computer store and buy a BBC microcomputer, Model B, I recall being totally overawed by the dizzying memory punch that it packs, some 32k of RAM, can you believe it? And the fact that the software only took about 10 minutes to load from a cassette tape. But this marvellous machine documented in this book did spawn a huge panoply of magazines, fan clubs and of course some spectacularly good games. That's why we're talking about this. This is the Naked Gaming Podcast, after all. And the foremost game, of course, was Elite, which is still being reincarnated even today as Elite Dangerous. That's the standout. But also, you'll remember games like Ghouls, which played Jizu Joy of Man's Desiring as it took another 15 years to load. There was Frack, which uh, someone hacked so that the game's title became a lot less polite when you loaded it. And then there was that game Planetoid and also Cylon Attack. I could go on. Well, now you can relive all those golden moments all over again in this book, as well as learn about the people who designed, wrote and published that software, which was often invisible at the time. And that was the eye-opening thing when I read this. I did read it cover to cover. And I had quite a few James Bond moments of realisation too as I did so. You know that thing where you watch a James Bond film and you spot all these innuendos and in-jokes that went sailing straight over an eight-year-old's head? Suddenly, when I read this book and remembered those games with over-energetic characters called Mr E 
and Mr. Wiz. It all took on a very different meaning. It's a nice book. It's a hardback. And I did genuinely enjoy reading it and seeing the screenshots of all of those games that had absorbed so many hours of my early life, as well as learning the backstory for each of them. It did make for a wonderfully nostalgic bedtime read. But do be warned, my one criticism, you are going to need eyesight more powerful than the Hubble Space Telescope to read this. The font size is absolutely minuscule, which is not good for people who are turning into ageing computer geeks like me. And also the colour choices in some places have me wondering whether Mr E was actually also involved in the design on here. I think the BBC term would be mode four. But for the sheer bliss of being transported back to those crappy chunky graphics days as well as terrible sounds and games that took five light years to load... This is definitely worth it. So go on, make your dad very happy and buy him a copy. Chris Smith and that book called Acorn, A World in Pixels is out now. Peel's here! Just a couple of quick comments from our friends over on Twitter before we end the podcast this month. And Dawn says... I love this podcast. Oh, thanks, Dawn. There's more. Although that will do us. Uh, she says, will you do a podcast on Oculus? It looks amazing. Although I think I'd look a bit ridiculous wearing it when I'm playing as an underground wizard. So Oculus is the big headset yes, thing. Yeah. We can, if they send us one, we're happy to. <laughs> no, we will once we get one, 100% for sure. Uh, Pluto also says... I've been gaming recently. I've gone back to try a game called Surviving Mars oh, okay. after some new developers picked it up after a year of nothing on that front. So that's interesting. We might check that one out. Surviving I haven't heard Mars. of that no. one, actually. No, 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 we'll check it out. Thank you for that. In fact, Pluto, how, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a proposition here. Why don't you do a little mini review for us? Yeah. Just get in touch. Drop us an email. We'll get chatting and maybe you can do a review because I haven't actually heard of this game before. Send us a message, we will check it out. Also, we've got one in from The Windy, who says, I'm replaying Resident Evil 7, hyping myself up, hyping myself up for Resident Evil Village. And Village is coming soon. We're going to do that in our next podcast, actually. So you can do some playing through of a zombie being scared. Nice one. One more message from Tip Top Cat, also known as Mike, who says... Do you think that the UK dealers will ever get stocks of the PlayStation 5 before Sony <sighs> launches the PlayStation 6? Probably no, not. No. I've genuinely, I'm genuinely given up. You're I can't bother. Up now. I, I, I tried for months. Isn't it sad though? Can't be bothered. It's just, I don't know. I'm a little disappointed in PlayStation because. It's a shocker. Um, surely they would have thought in a pandemic that there would be you know, more demand for it. The problem is now that they haven't ordered enough chips. No because they thought that by now demand would be less. So now there's a shortage because they haven't ordered enough internal bits for the PlayStation. I've never known anything like it. did a whole episode on this, if you check it out on our podcast feed, why is there a shortage of PlayStation 5s? We have some of the answers for you there. Also, can I just say thanks. (laughs) Thanks so much to Podcast Radio for playing 15 of our most recent episodes. That's a lot, isn't it? And twice a day. I know. Well, we'll be back on the 1st of May with another Monkey Island disc. Oh, yeah, this is Louise Blaine from uh, BBC Radio 3's Sound of Gaming show. They go through, like, the soundtracks to all the video games that are brand-new releases. It's so interesting. And she is a huge fan of Assassin's Creed. Ah. She loves it. Legend. A bit too much. (laughs) Now, I don't know if I'm allowed to do this. I'm going to be extra cheeky here. But I don't know if you know this, but we have another podcast. If you've got this this deep into our gaming podcast, you must want more from us. If you want to know a little bit more about us and what we're all about and what we get up to, you know, from day to day, why don't you check out our other podcast, 
It's work-wife balance. Yeah. If you like episode one, you'll love it all. So there you go. And if you don't like episode one, you'll love episode seven. (laughs) (laughs) Just pick a really specific episode for people to love. But yeah, check it out. And uh, thanks for listening to this one. We'll be back with a lot more. We'll have our news update. We'll have another Monkey Island Discs. And there's a video available now as well on YouTube. Just look for The Naked Scientist. It's our one about pigs playing video games. What do you want to do? Cheers to end? Cheers! Oh, that was quite a good one, actually. (laughs) 